Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host as always, Anthony Grieb, sports editor of the Daily Trojan. I'm joined with Adam Jasper, sports editor. Adam, how's it going? Doing well today. How about you, Anthony? I'm doing well, man. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, UIC football obviously plays Arizona State this weekend, but we're going to touch on women's soccer to start off. Women's soccer ranked number eight in the nation, um, and they're traveling to face UCLA, number three, that we're playing them on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, so this may be released. Um, by, by the time we release this, the game might have been over or might be in the midst of it. But, yeah, they travel to UCLA to face um, the Bruins. And if, if USC wins this, their first conference championship ever in women's soccer. Ever. Outright, yeah. Outright, yeah. So that's insane. It's a big game. I know it's sold out. But make sure to support women's soccer. Um, we're going to touch quickly, though, about their comeback victory against uh, was it Cal? Stanford. Stanford. Jeez, I'm mixing it up. Stanford, they were down 2-0, and they came back and won it an extra time. Uh, 3-2, a, a huge goal by uh, midfielder Crow Bethune to secure the win. And now they're in the race for the Pac-12. Any thoughts, Adam, on that? Yeah, absolutely. So they only need to draw on the final game. Uh, if I'm familiar with the format, the way it works is they'll play two periods of uh, overtime. And if the score remains level after that, it, it ends as a draw. So it's a little different from like a traditional soccer setup where they would just play 90 and have a draw. But um, that obviously they were able to get the win uh, over Stanford. Huge, huge comeback. Uh, Corey Bethune's goal in extra time was just at, at, like the, the scenes there. It was at Sony McAllister. Mm-hmm, Everyone was yep. going nuts. It, yep. it, it, this team is so energized and so ready. Um, and it, it's really been exciting to watch them. And they haven't had uh, senior forward Penelope Hawking the last few games due to injury. And yep. uh, freshman forward... Uh, Jackson, Simone Jackson, I believe, uh, is really tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Penelope Hawking is day-to-day. Uh, that's what we've been hearing. So it'll be interesting to see if, she, if she's able to play. But you said it. It's such an energizing win, and it's such a great environment for them to have it at home. And just a little bit of background, the UCLA matchup. So last year they played twice, USC-UCLA. They both ended in draws. And like you mentioned, as long as USC doesn't lose, they win the title. So a win... And a draw, like you said. So the difference between, uh, you mentioned it, 90 minutes. After 90 minutes in like professional soccer, it's like it's a draw. But this one, it's 90 minutes. And then if it's a draw, then it's actually golden goals. So two 15-minute half golden goals. And if it's a draw after that, no penalties, just straight draw. So not saying that that's even a possibility, but just in case it happens. Um, but this is a really big, it's a really big game. I mean, and it's sold out. And it's two rivals playing for the biggest conference title. It doesn't get any better than that. And women's soccer has been they've been very energized. They're ready. I talked to a couple of players. They're really confident they can get the win. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I mean, you've you've kind of summarized it well. It's it's a rivalry game. Like everything mm-hmm. is on the line for them. And you know they're still undefeated in Pac-12 play. Um, only two draws. That's the only two times that they've yeah. dropped points in Pac-12 play. Um, which is really remarkable. Yeah. And how crazy would it be for them to end the season on really a draw or a win mm-hmm. against rivals to secure the Pac-12 title? That'd be something else. It'll be amazing. Make sure to check it out. Make sure to follow that. Um, it's a great story. I mean, in in a year where, uh, in, a, in a semester where really football has stole the headlines, you know, with the Clay Elton situation, not much to talk about women's soccer, but they're, they're the best sport on campus right now. Them and, and men's water polo has just been just killing it. Men's Water Polo also plays against UCLA Saturday at 1 p.m. That's at, at USC. 
Um, if USC wins that game, they won their conference as well. So two rivalry games with a lot of stakes, a lot of things uh, at hand. But we transition now. USC football, Arizona State. Uh, they face off, and it's actually I mean, pretty notable. I mean, before the season, when the schedule was released, everyone made sure this game was going to be a big one for Pac-12 South. A couple of weeks ago, after all USC went through, we're thinking, ah, I don't know if it's that important. But now it's still as important because Arizona State has dropped two ugly losses to Utah and then to Washington State at home. Uh, again, in the Utah game, they were up 21 to nothing, and they lost uh, 35 to 21, I think, was the score. And then they lost 34 to 21 against Washington State at home. Uh, I think that was the score as well. They gave up 56 unanswered points. Insane. That just doesn't happen <laughs> in two games. And Herm Edwards even was getting booed. Um, USC fans are obviously familiar with the booing. But there's a lot of stuff that's going down, and, and it's a big game. What are you going to look for uh, in this game for USC to win? So it's containing uh, Jaden Daniels, the ASU quarterback. It's a big guy, um, you know, like slender build, just really mobile quarterback, but he's really improved his arm in the last few years, and that's been the difference maker. And so at the start of this year when we were looking at ASU, um, just streaking through teams with that that downfield ball, and they really killed UCLA over the middle um, with their receivers making runs. Because Daniels is such a threat to run, you have to stack the box at times. Um, so, yeah, be looking downfield this USC secondary is notoriously oh, yeah. uh, shaky this year, to say the very least. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the huge key on defense. And then offense, you know, I mean, this sounds obvious, but coping with the loss of uh, Drake London, yeah. who um, I believe is set to be out in a definite period of time. Um, oh, yeah, he's out. Yeah, he is. He is out for the season with that injury that he suffered against Arizona on that touchdown play. And uh, it's going to be coping with that and seeing if they can spread the ball. Taj Washington really got involved in the Arizona game. Uh, to a level which we haven't seen him before. Um, and that I think that's going to be important to find him. Gary Bryant Jr. had some big plays too. So those those two guys are definitely going to have to step up. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a, a big um, a big story on the offensive side. Who's going to step up um, with Drake London out? Obviously a really, really unfortunate injury, fractured ankle. He's done for the season. I mean, I mean there's like five, six weeks left. Um, that'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see if Keontae Ingram now gets a bigger role. Graham Harrell today, uh, or excuse me, Monday talked about, um, you know, them figuring out like, oh, they're going to lean more. Someone asked, are you going to lean more on Keontae Ingram? And he said, we're going to try to get our playmakers the ball. Obviously, he's going to have a huge role. And we're going to try to figure it out with that and then go into the game, which means absolutely nothing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but a couple of things, though, to mention, though, for in terms of Arizona State, you talked a little bit about it. Jane Daniels is a, a huge threat, dual-threat quarterback. Arizona State, one of the best running teams in the Pac-12. They, they're actually getting their best running back back, uh, Rashad White, who leads Arizona State with nine touchdowns rushing, 483 yards. And they have a trio of backs that are just dominant. Um, and Todd Orlando talked about it. There's some competition between the three, and it's making them run the ball stronger faster they're playing with more effort and usc notoriously this season has struggled against running backs obviously the oregon state is the main culprit stanford was also another one um even notre dame notre dame coming to that game they weren't running the ball well they played usc they're running the highest total for that season so it'll be interesting to see how this defense who's really struggled especially giving up 
what was it, 31 points, 34 points last week. Arizona, winless Arizona team, their highest total. They hadn't scored over 20 points since, I don't know, got November, like, 2019, something like that. been a while. I think it was November 20, or I think it was last year, but well, yeah, still something insane it's, like it's that. Still, yeah, it's still, it's still bad. But that's my main thing. How does the run defense, will they show up? That's it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at it now. Um, Arizona State's 4-1 and one at home, 1-2 one and two away. But their first away loss is last week. Or, or yep. uh, excuse me, first home loss was last week uh, against Washington State. And so USC are going to be on the road. ASU coming off a home mm-hmm. loss. Maybe there's some sort of trend there that USC can capitalize on. Um, and I think it's it's those kind of things that you have to point out to the team and say, hey, they just dropped one. Let's Let's continue this trend. The problem with Arizona State, they, it seems like they always get up for USC. And USC has won five of the last six, but none of that matters because it's a different season. But one thing we still haven't talked about, Jackson Dart, King Slovis, that whole fiasco of what's going on, that hasn't happened since uh, 1996, uh, the 1996 Rose Bowl season when it was Coach John Robinson, and he was switching between two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks at a time as I pull up my notes. Oh, Brad Allen and Kyle Wachholz. John Robinson would switch between them. So Brad Allen would start the first quarter. Kyle Wachholz would start the second, alternate after every quarter. He did that every game until the 1996 Rose Bowl game, and then he started Brad Allen the whole game. So after that Dart Slovis situation, I feel like maybe they're going to be doing that because Dart is too, I think we've talked about it here before, he's too talented not to play. Mm-hmm. Way too talented. And Dante Williams, after Saturday's game against Arizona, when asked, oh, is this something you're going to be doing, you know, the rest of the season? He said, oh, you know, we're going to do whatever it we need to do to win a game, which means absolutely nothing. And then he was asked again on Monday, oh, is this something like, are you guys thinking of doing this? And then he said, oh, we'll see. There's some things that Arizona does that we want to exploit. Very vague. That literally doesn't mean anything. And then he also Thursday kind of hinted at, oh yeah, we could, we might do that, we might do this. So who knows? I think they're both gonna play. I'm curious what you think about this, of them switching between and having this like rotation type. Yeah. So from what I gathered, it was predetermined that they were gonna go out yep. there, and that's kind of a big thing for me is that uh, Williams let everybody know, hey, this was predetermined. We're gonna have Slovis in for this period, Darden for this period. And, you know, I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to game plan that. Maybe they think that Dart, with his mobility, can provide some sort of threat, um, maybe to have the defense at least respect the run a little bit more. But, I mean, Keonta Ingram's been doing a great job over these last few games. So the fact that he's clicking might indicate that Slovis might be the option if they want uh, the deep ball, maybe a little more consistency there. Um, You know, we really don't have much. Uh, film on Dart yet. Yeah, you know, we've seen it. We've seen him thrive in his chances. And to be fair, against Arizona, both of the quarterbacks quite efficient. You know, yep. only real mistake that I would say is Slovis' pick six mm-hmm. um, got red on kind of a short route. Um, but otherwise, they were thrown well. Both had a few touchdowns apiece, like moving the ball. It looked pretty smooth. Granted, against an Arizona defense. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, it, I think both of them have their own things to offer. I don't think Slovis has, like, been blown away by Dart's talent, as we may have thought that that was going to be the case after the Washington State game. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I I think they both have something to offer this game. The problem I have with it, though, and you talked about it, Slovis threw that pick six, and after the game he said, um, oh, they asked him about the pick six, and he said, oh, you know, it's because I was on the sideline. I wasn't able to see that adjustment that Arizona made. So that adjustment was made when Dart was in the game, and he wasn't familiar with it because he wasn't playing. So he said that's why he threw the interception. He didn't know about that adjustment they made. That's the one problem I have. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal because, you know, if one guy's out, he's, it's like, the, he also, Keen always talked about the problem of like staying loose and, you know, staying ready. It's also a problem. I mean, when you're in the heat of a game, you come out and then you have to go back in after what, five, six, maybe 10 minutes, depends on how long the drives are. It's, it's tough. And the big story, and you said like it was predetermined and that was the big story after the game because when the game was a one possession game in the fourth quarter with under 10 minutes left, it was Dart that went out and not Slovis. And the question was to Dante Williams, wouldn't you want the more experienced quarterback? And he said, oh, that was already pre-planned, predetermined. We wanted him in the fourth quarter. Slovis had one short drive with the interception, so we wanted to give Dart another one. I, I don't know if I buy it. It's very suspicious. We just have to see. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a, much to be determined at this point. We've seen one game of the 2QB mm-hmm. system. Um, and it's funny, we had the two running back system at the start of the year um, that's kind of devolved into, yeah. we forgot about that. It's kind of really just been Ingram now. So he's owned it. Uh, and that was, to the credit of him, putting in good performances. So mm-hmm. maybe one of Slovis or Dart can just have like a standout game to close out the year. I mean, frankly, this ASU game is pretty big. There is still some yeah. meaning with these two losses that they have, these two Pac-12 losses that they have on their record. Yeah, this will be it will be a huge win if they can secure it because they play after this the only Pac-12 South team they play is UCLA, and if you can get a win right here, and you go to Cal, let's say you win Cal, <laughs> and then it still kinda, feels like a bit of know? a stretch, and maybe we are stretching it. I mean, Probably ASU's also. last few games are at Washington, at Oregon State versus Arizona. Um, maybe not the strongest. Oregon State should give them a, a run for it. But yeah. like we've seen, I mean, the first thing that you would say is Pac-12 football is massively unpredictable mm-hmm. this yeah, season oh, yeah. um, with all the upsets and back and forths and such. So there's really no way to tell how they do in those last three. Yeah, definitely. definitely. But yeah, may, honestly, the main thing I really want to see is how the offense who steps up with Drake London out and that quarterback situation and the run defense. I mean, we talk about it a lot, but the run defense, how, how, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And <laughs> that's all I want to see. Will anything happen? But USC is notoriously playing much better on the road. Even in that Notre Dame game, they didn't play necessarily. They didn't play that bad. Was, I would agree. It was a I, winnable I game. They, in my they were, they were in that game more so than they were in the games at the call. Yeah. Oh yeah. Against yeah. pretty much a better team. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. That's all we have for football. Um, any, I don't want to ask. No predictions. <laughs> We're not predicting. Whoa, whoa, we'll shut it down for the predictions. We'll shut it down. Actually, I just remembered. Men's basketball starts next Tuesday. Any, any thoughts about men's basketball? This is just an exciting team. I think if any sport to be excited about uh, of kind of like the uh, usual main attractions of football and basketball, it's got to be this basketball team this year, even moving on from the Evan Mobley era. Still got Isaiah Mobley. He's going to up his game. I like him as even like expanding his perimeter shooting like he did la- at the end of last year. Boogie Ellis coming in. Some Just some really solid veterans on that team I'm excited for. You're going to hear it here first. I'm very high on this USC basketball team. Very high. Men's and women's, both of them. Oh, absolutely. Lindsey Gottlieb is, gonna, is an unbelievable hire. Men's And they, they start next Friday, I believe. 
so we'll we'll have a recording in time by then. But men's basketball, jeez, I can't wait. No joke. I think they're going to be very good. It's going to be more entertaining than football. I don't care. I said. I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't think that's a controversial opinion at this stage. Ellis is not. Uh, I'm really high on this team. I really like them. UCLA. Whatever. I mean, they're going to be stacked this year. Uh, they have. They just have a lot of returning guys. You know, it's going to be a fun Pac-12 title race. It'll um, be fun. And I'm assuming more teams will be involved too. Oh yeah, most definitely. You got the Oregon's. We'll see if Arizona State. Arizona. There's a lot of teams. But as always, make sure to follow up. So much going on in U.S. athletics, as usual. But now it's starting to pick up men's and women's basketball, women's soccer, their race, and obviously football still going on, and water polo and tennis. So many sports going on. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter, DT underscore sports. Make sure to follow our content, dailytrojan.com slash sports. Any final words, Adam? Uh, yeah, just stay tuned. We got so much content coming up, and it, it's, it's really awesome to see all the sports coming in and – There's a lot of excitement in there right now. Yep, definitely. You said it best. Thank you so much for listening.